I will bless you and make your name great. That's not what he said first. I will make you a great nation. So if God does not make you, he cannot bless you. Follow me and I will make you. By the time you know it is he who has made you and not you yourself, you lose any sense of ownership. You maintain a posture of stewardship. Was he perfect? No. Went to Egypt in Genesis 12. Came out of Egypt in Genesis 13. Fought the battles of the, of the kings of nations in Genesis 14. Met Melchizedek in Genesis 14. In Genesis 15, God showed up and said, Abram, I am your shield. You know, you say... The shield of faith is the word of God. But the word of God is God. Mm. I am your shield. And if God is shielding you, who can harm you? Who can harm you? Where do we receive the boldness to do the things we're doing? Because we understand God is our shield. I am your shield and exceeding great reward. Stop looking at kings. Stop looking at your gold. I am. The Lord is a portion of my inheritance. You maintain my Lord. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I am your shield and exceeding great reward. And here comes the voice of his wife in chapter 16. We have waited 10 years. Enough is enough. It's not working. Here is my maid. For 13 years, God did not speak to him anymore. Until it was 1999 and God showed up in chapter 7. I know your problem is your nature. I need to circumcise you and change your nature. I'm also changing your name. You're no longer Abram. You become Abraham. And your wife is no longer Sarai. You become Sarah. Because of what I want to do. Obey me and live as you should. Walk before me and be thou perfect. The living translation says, obey me and live as you should. You are living below standard. You are Abraham of God. You are not somebody else's mistress. I've redeemed you. You are my possession. Do you know what Abraham offered God that day? He said, let Ishmael live before you. Because at that point, he didn't even think it would work anymore. And God said, now nah, this is what we're going to do. We need to cut off your flesh. Your flesh is your problem. We need to cut it off. And I'm going to give you a token of this new covenant. It's called circumcision. You have the ability to pull back your skin, your foreskin, your flesh, and operate in my covenant. In chapter 18, God showed up after that covenant ceremony and Abraham gave God food and God ate man's food as a deposit for angels' food. When God will open the doors of heaven, no window, and pour manna down from heaven. Do you understand me? God, Look, if you don't draw nigh to God, he doesn't draw nigh to you. In chapter 19, you know what happened to Sodom. And how he interceded for Sodom. In chapter 20, 
He settled all his differences with Abimelech. In chapter 21, according to the season of life that God promised, the child of promise came. Isaac was born. Here is the test of all tests. In chapter 21 and 22. Abram, yes, Lord, take your son, your only son whom you love. She is your own. All right. Would know the owner now. I want him offered to me as a bond sacrifice. For a moment, I want you to pause and consider how long he waited 25 years for this child. And how God showed up after the child had been wind big enough to carry his own wood on his head because Jesus would be mature to carry his own cross. He said, Take your son, your only son whom you love. I'm not looking for your mistake, I'm looking for your miracle. Because if God had asked him to go and arrest Ishmael, he said, God is bringing an end to my past. No, it is your future I need from today forever. I need your future. I want you to release your future into my hands. And the past is gone. It's a spent check. Your now and future. Can you trust me forever with it? Take your son, your only son, whom you love, and bring him to the mountains of Moriah. And when you get there, Wait for the very mountain that I will show you. Every child of God has an appointed mountain. Oh Lord, may you discover yours. It was a three days journey so that he could change his mind if he wants to. Or if he had wanted to. Do you understand me? And on the third day he saw the mountain afar off. And he told the servants, he said, stay here. I and the Lord, we go yonder and worship. A servant does not know what his master is doing. That's why he calls you friends and not servants. Why do the same things that affect the world affect you? Because you are not listening to him before you are affected. He saw that they were about to happen. And I was crying, but you couldn't hear him anymore. You are so encumbered with your own things. He got to the mountain, laid the wood in order. Before he started this ceremony, the son said, something is missing here. Uh, I'm not getting this. Um, Dad, he said, yes, son. The wood, the knife, the fire, something is missing. He said, we are going for sacrifice. We didn't remember to bring any of the lines. <laughs> I didn't forget nothing. Remember, God spoke to the king. He said, restore his wife to him, for that man is a prophet. Yeah. What prophecy did Abraham give? Oh, he gave a prophet, a prophecy, the strongest prophecy of all prophecy. The Lord will provide himself a lamb. 
That was a prophecy. Is that prophecy that birthed the church? Is that prophecy that is running the world? It's one singular prophecy of all prophecies. The Lord will provide himself a lamb. His son followed. And then they got there. He started tying his hand. and said, ah, Baba. <laughs> Baba. Are you okay? At this time, he said, Mama! No. He yielded himself as a begotten son. That's why the Bible says, Abraham offered his only begotten son. If Abraham had not offered his only begotten son, God would not offer his. Draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. Even in the days of Noah, if the fountains of the deep were not broken, the windows of heaven would not open. If Elijah would not ask water that they are looking for to be poured upon the sacrifice, rain would not come. Do you understand me? Stop stop changing yourself. Grow up. What you are looking for is not lost. Isaac yielded himself. And Abraham made up his mind. You came from God. I'm sending you back to God. As he took the knife, the angel of the Lord spoke from heaven. Stop! Listen to God. Now I know. Before he said, I know Abraham. He said, now I know. And listen to this. In that you did not withhold your son from me. You have made him my son. He's no longer yours. You are not the owner. You are a steward. And you have ministered to me. Now this is what I did not tell you at the beginning. I look at heaven. There's no one greater than I am. I look at the earth. There's no one greater than I am. I look under the earth. There's no one greater than I am. And I know matters between men are settled by an oath. And they swear with one greater than themselves. But there's nobody greater than I am. And I'm telling you now, Abraham, by myself have I sworn. In blessing, I will surely. That was not there before. They surely was not there before. In blessing, I will surely bless you. In multiplying, I will surely multiply you. And this is the package that you didn't get when you began this journey. Your seed will possess the gates of their enemy. That is the strength of the church of Jesus Christ. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Need I bother you with details that Mount Moriah was a place Solomon's temple was built to honor forever the obedience of Abraham. Was Abraham an owner or a steward? He was a steward. God trusted him. And God poured more into his hands. He died in a ripe old age. And he passed his sword to the next generation. God ensured that Abraham did not die until Jacob was 15 years old. So that he could mentor him properly. And pass the family values to him. They dwell in the same tent. So what is that cure then for this clinging we have been doing? You don't know how it hurts God that needs are not met in his own house. (laughs) 
He hurts God. You turn God to Pharaoh, who will ask you to make bricks and not give you straw. What is the cure? Is this clock deceiving me? Is it 12? Okay, it's 12 o'clock. 12.03, so I have about 30 minutes to go, or 27 minutes, that's fine. I'll finish and we'll do the rest tomorrow. Here is the cure. First Timothy chapter 6. Let's go into the New Testament because someone would leave here and say, every scripture I gave you is from the Old Testament. There would be no need if there was no old. Go and ask New Yorkers. They know about Old York. Ask people of New Mexico. There was the Old Mexico. Ask people of New Delhi. There was the Old Delhi. I believe there will be a new Nigeria because there's a new Jerusalem. <laughs> I believe with all of my heart. I will see it in my lifetime. And you know what? You'll be begging us that you'd like to return home. On that day, you'll be begging us to say, Ileya wao, Baba, Amire Leo. You pack your load and come home. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. This is the cure. If you truly know you're not the owner, you're a mere steward. You know, you would think I've gotten to the gist, the real, real meat of the message. No. I'm preparing you for where I'm taking you because God will have to prepare you for what is prepared for you. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19, 1 Timothy 6. Seventeen to nineteen, listen. Command those who are rich. Do what? Command. See, Pastor, God is not asking us to appeal. It's a command. I know Abraham he will command his household after him. Command those who are rich by the quality of our life, quality of our lifestyle, our devotion to God, we command you. Command those who are rich in the present age not to be hurty, not trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly. How many things? All things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Uh, KJV said, ready to distribute, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Come with me to Titus chapter number 3, verses 8 and 14. Titus 3, 8 and 14. The same thing that would deliver you from greed, covetousness, and a sense of ownership. Titus 3, 8 and 14. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm 
how often? Constantly. That those who have believed in God should be careful to do what? Maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. What does it mean to maintain good works? Verse 14. Let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. So this is it. You are saving money for something else. Hmm? You have been putting it aside. You want to get this and you want to get that. And God has something better for you. And say, so give me that thing that you've been storing. Now, the tug of war between ownership and stewardship will come in. Not that you don't have money, but it's meant for something else. And you have been serving towards it. And God said, I have a better thing for you. Pastor Bank, need I say this to them? You and Bishop Waloki were the ones that dedicated my first, I don't even know where the house was, when we collected the keys. Yes. You can't remember. Uh, Mrs. B and I, yourself and Bishop Waloki, we bought Chinese, not my house now. Daganama, what do you call the place? The one we go through this fast, very fast estate agent. <laughs> through Patricia Bailey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? Lightonia. Lightonia. I got there. The Lord has showed me two steps. And I, I got there. And I said, here are the two steps. And we paid down payment, $30,000. Do you understand me? I said, this is the day the Lord has made. We dedicated the house. I went to, knock, to, to, to Lorraine, Ohio to preach. And God came in the room. Arise and depart. Go back to Nigeria. That's your primary place of assignment. Pray, preach, prophesy until revival comes. Lord, how about the house? No answer from heaven. Dr. Samra taught me that God does not respond to stupidity. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd gone to church. If you remember this, I came to church, put Olus in charge, and I was saying, we are going to America. By that time, uh, Creflo had made available to me things that I will preach and I've sang before the church. Oh, Femi, oh, Femi, yeah, yeah. Oh, Pachimo, Timo, oh, Femi, oh. God allowed me to sing all this song. And it was years later he said to me, I allow it to happen because I was testing your heart to see what you would do. I let go and went back and when the fullness of time came, it was not what it was not Lithonia. It's sugarloaf. You understand me? I prepared a better thing for you. Can you release this one now? Brothers and sisters, the real reason you walk is not just to eat but rather in order that you may have to give. <laughs> you can write this down. I won't have time to be reading every scripture because of time. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, 6 to 15. We toil and labor that we might not be a burden to anyone as we taught you that he who shall not walk shall not eat. But you need to balance that with Ephesians 4, 28. Let him that stole still no more. Let him walk that he may have to give. 
So you're not just working so that you will eat. You're working so that you will have to give. And this is the combination of both. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll read this from verse 9 to 12. First Thessalonians, because many of us just walk to eat. It does not multiply the seed you have eaten. It multiplies the seed you have sown. And God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It will multiply the seed you have sown and increase your fruit of righteousness. First Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse 9 to 12. This is the summary of both. Walking so that you can pay your bills and walking so that you store things aside so that you have to give, especially when there's a need in God's house. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase how? You increase how? Given becomes extremely a joyful and exciting phenomena when you keep on increasing as you are giving. You increase more and more because you have learned to do it right. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may work properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. So if you are walking and you are still lacking, something is wrong. You have to re-examine the reason for which you are walking. For that work you are doing. Now let me round up. As we prepare to round up, let us now consider the poverty-stricken three generations of lions, especially the young and old, who despite the endowment still lack. This is the meat of the message this afternoon. It's 12.13. Make your choice. Do I wait here and finish tomorrow? Or do I finish now? Because tomorrow's meat is different from today's meat. You want to get the meat today? You want to know why young lions lack? And why the old lions lack? And you don't want to lack anything. Tuesday, are you tired? No. Are you tired of your struggles? Are you tired of lack? Or real estate investments are backfire. <laughs> you want God to really open the windows of heaven and bless you. IBK, you want people to be calling you left, right, and center when they have finished it and say, There is a check. Yes, uh, the, the, the stew that God has finished cooking. Then will you stop praying for your enemies to die? Because when your enemies are dead, God can set a table.
He has prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Who witnessed the great miracle? This moment, release everyone who ever hurt you. Everyone who you have anything, just release them completely. They misunderstood you. They call you names. Is already hindering your blessing. Let go. Because God is cooking. And is about to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> 1967, Pastor, I went to BBHS to do common to, to do entrance exam to that school. I passed. I topped the list. And the person interviewed me said, "Where are your shoes?" I said, "Shoes." Is that part of the interview? So they knew if I had no shoes, I had no money. I was not admitted. By the time I got to secondary school in 1969, my classmates in primary six were already in class four. Are you listening? And then one day I heard that that man who interviewed me was about to celebrate his 70th birthday. I asked for his shoe size. And I went to buy Italian shoes. I said, happy birthday. So I said, oh, are you a student? Said, no, no, no. I went to the back of the desert school. But you did me so much good that I thought I should buy you. He said, wow, what a pair of shoes. I said, put it on, sir. God bless you. Thank you very much. And I left the place. It was on television. He had later. Because God must prepare a table before you in the present. They will not die. Ah. Ah. They will not die until they learn that man's reject is God's elect. I have stories to tell, not today. My stories will make, will have great impact and meaning when you rise. So that we'll be able to say we have not labored in vain. Stop praying for your enemies to die. What you do is you stagnate the process. God wants to set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> he wants those who lie against you to tell the truth about you. So that the brothers of Joseph will go back home and say, Joseph is alive and is governor over Egypt. Are you listening to me? Okay. Now that you have released those people, Let's now go in. Let's start with the young lion. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Verse 8 to 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you, he's saying. There is no want or lack to those who fear him. Verse 10, ready, read. 
The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Does that include you? Yes. Amen. Job chapter 4. That was where we stopped last night, didn't we? We continue now. Job chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. Job, Urikeni, Esekejodeikokola. If I don't speak Yoruba, I don't get it right. That's my own. It shocks me up. You understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Job chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. Even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same, by the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his anger they are consumed. Verse 10. The roaring of the lion. The voice of the fierce lion. And the teeth of the young lions are broken. You see why they, they lack now? Why do they lack? Ah. You see, their teeth are broken. But how about the old lion? Let's read. The old lion perishes. He has the strength. But there is no prey. Uh, do you understand that? He has all the strength. But he, he, he uses bazooka to kill mosquito. So he wastes his energy. The old lion has all that it takes. There's no prey. So both the young and the old lack. So what happened to the third generation? The cause of the lioness are scattered. Why are they scattered? They are looking for food everywhere. Scattered, harassed. Going through all kinds of rotting and schedule. Three generations of lions suffering from want and lack. The corpse, the young lions with broken foot, and the old lions without prey. Is this just written a simple metaphor? Let us find out what really happened to them. First and foremost, let us establish the very protocol of the king of the jungle called Lion. The rich endowment of the king of the jungle. Proverbs chapter 30. The rich endowment of the king of the jungle. Proverbs 30, 29 to 31. You will come to understanding this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ. Proverbs chapter number 30, verse number 29. There are three things which are majestic in pace. Yes, four which are stately in walk. 
a lion which is mighty among the beasts and does not turn away from any. May I have some tissue, please, Kunle? No tissue. Thank you, sir. Thank you. A lion which is mighty among the beasts and does not turn away from any. A greyhound, a male goat, and also a king who strews are with him. Now this is the standard in their family. The lion is mighty. He's the king of the jungle and does not turn away from any. It was Pastor Deboye who taught me the prayer of the lion. When I was in his church many years ago, he said, when a lion wakes up in the morning, he sends signals to heaven. Say, what is that? He said, God, show me the animal I will eat today and leave the rest to me. <laughs> it does not turn away from any. Now, that's the endowment. That's why he's called the king of the animals. And if you look at his head, he's wearing a crown. Put there by almighty God as the king of the jungle. Now, what is the protocol or best practices, the standard in their family? Is that they have more than enough. In the family of the lion. Let's see it in the Bible. The book of Nahum Chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Nahum, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Thank you. Where is the dwelling of the lions? And the feeding place of the young lions. Where the lion worked. The lioness and lions curb. And no one made them afraid. Verse 12. The lion top in pieces, enough for his corpse, kill for his lionesses, fill his case with prey, and his dance with flesh. That's the standard. That's the best practice in their family. They will tear enough for the corpse. They will fill their den with the rest. The lion will go out and kill for the lionesses. So that the husband does not do nine to five and the wife, the, hus the husband returns home at six, the wife does seven to eleven. Sorry. <laughs> you can work for pleasure. You can work because you're, you're serving God and serving the community. But you're not working because we can't pay our bills. That's what's come to an end. The best practice is a lion tore in pieces enough for his corpse. Kill for his lionesses. Fill his case with prey and his dens with flesh. Caves and dens, which means he has storage. So how come the young lions now lack because of broken tooth? And how come the old lions are now, uh, they lack because there's lack of prey? Is a curse 
divine judgment fell upon them for not understanding purpose. Are you paying attention? Because only scripture can interpret scripture. If you see that the lion is the king of the jungle and that does not turn back from any mighty beast and suddenly saying young lions lack, old lions lack, the cubs are scattered. You need to find out what happened to that family. Give me verse 13 of the book now whom we have just read. Listen to God. Behold, I'm against you, says the Lord of hosts. I will burn your chariot. So he's taking the metaphor now from lion to human. Remember that Jesus himself is a lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who broke the seal and who opened the book. Now he's taking it from animal kingdom back to mankind to let you know what there's lack in your family. Behold, I'm against you, said the Lord of hosts. I will burn your chariots in smoke, and the sun shall devour what? Your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth, and the voice of your messenger shall be heard no more. Why is God going to do this? And what is the reason that God will suddenly diminish? Your message is no longer heard. All of a sudden, there's all kinds of things in your midst. Who are these young lions? Who are these old lions going through this divine wrath and judgment? We need to establish it. Shall we? Yes. Give me maximum attention because I'm going somewhere. Who are these young and old lions? What do they represent? I will give you three thought-provoking and extremely sobering answers. Number one, these lions, old and young, are rebellious children of God who take counsel but not of the Lord and who devise plans but not of God's spirit. That's why judgment will fall. Pastor Bank does not own work fund. His wife does not own work fund. I don't own Lateran Assembly. You don't own your church in uh, Warner Robbins. You don't. You're a mere steward. You are set people. You are gifts to the church. I'm a gift to the church. The day I begin to exercise sense of ownership and say, my church, my church, something is wrong. He said, I will build my church. My father's last name is not in that mind. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are co-laborers with God. And God is not broke. Who are these young lions? Who are, who are these old lions? Who are these cubs that are scattered? Rebellious children who take counsel not of the Lord and who devise plans but not of God's spirit. Isaiah 30, verse 1 to 11. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1 to 11. If the Lord does not build the house, the labor in vain that build it, not that they will not build, but they will be laboring in vain. If I does not watch over the city, the watchmen are laboring in vain. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1 to 11. 
Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt, and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame, and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. For his princes were at Zoan, and his ambassadors came to Hennes. They were all ashamed of a people who could not benefit them or be help or, or benefit, but a shame and also a reproach. The burden against the beasts of the south through a land of trouble and anguish from which came what? I can't hear you. From which came what? Okay, give me that in King James Version and see what it says. From which came, do you have KJV? The burden of the beasts of the south in the land of trouble and anguish. From whence come they young and old lion, the viper and fiery flying serpent. They will carry their riches upon the shoulders of young asses and their treasures upon the punches of coming to a people that shall not profit them. That's why they lack. They invest, but they do not seek his counsel. They plan, but they don't seek God's way. This is the burden of the beasts of the south. The young and the old lion. They will carry their riches on their shoulders and give them to those who will not profit them. That's the reason for their lack. I'm not sure you are getting me. Is it clear? God wants you to increase more and more. There's no diminishing return in God. He's always at the peak of his power. When it's dark in the world. You have opportunity to shine as light. But when what is befalling the world is befalling the church, we have rebelled against him. Number two, that's why I call them sobering examples. The old and young lions of luck are symbolic of futile confidence of men in things that cannot produce and are counterproductive. I've never seen it like this day and age when church gets into things that is none of their business and abandon the things that are their primary business. I don't think you're getting me. We get into all kinds of alliances and, and maintain contacts that will wear us out. I'm talking about you as an individual. You see something moving there that that business is good, you just jump into it. You didn't even bother to ask God. Pastor, Isaac smelled the garment that Jacob was wearing. Whose garment was it? Esau's garment. What did Isaac say? The smell of the garment of my son is like a field which the Lord has blessed. But Esau did not know. Which one are you looking for? For God to bless your work or to give you what he has blessed to do? You spend less vigils 
Because it's a field that has been blessed by the Lord. You step into it and things just begin to blossom and to sprout. I'm careful not to give testimonies. Because if I begin to give testimonies, you think, nah, I don't think so. But it is so. <laughs> Who ordered where you are now? God or you? If it's you, you have to maintain it. Not only are we rebellious against him, not seeking his counsel, but we form our alliances and make our, maintain our contacts and, 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 and the contacts eventually bring contamination to us. We just want to fit in, want to belong to the clique and the club. You are peculiar people. You are different. And you have to be different to make a difference. Let me show you the parable in Ezekiel. A picture of believers who end up in Egyptian and Babylonian captivity as a result of trusting their networks, their contacts, their connections. Ezekiel 19. I will read and I want you to emphasize to emphasize that each time this thing takes place, you end up in a pit. Ezekiel 19, beginning from verse 1. Moreover, take up a lamentation for the princes of Israel. For who? The princes of Israel. Those are the rulers. What is your mother? A lioness. She lay down among the lions, among the lion, young lions, she nourished her cubs. She brought up one of her cubs, and it became what? A young lion. He learned to catch prey. He devoured men. The nations also heard of him. He was trapped where? In their pit, and they brought him with chains to the land of Egypt. Here's a lion trained. That should add value to the family. That should go hunt and bring resources back to the family. But he began to eat strange flesh. He began to eat men. To devour them. And nations heard of him. They invited him. Wow. Wow. The guy is too much. He forgot his primary assignment. <laughs> he got himself massaged and he stepped into the realm of the world and applying worldly principles. He got up in their pit. They brought him with chains to the land of Egypt. Now the mother lion or the lioness was angry. What did she do? When she saw, she waited that her hope was lost. She took another of her curbs. And made him what? A young lion. He roved among the lions. Became a young lion. He learned to catch prey. He devoured men again. 
He knew their desolate places and laid waste their cities. The land was with its fullness was desolated. By the noise of his roaring, then the nation set against him from the provinces on every side, spread their net over him. They put him in a cage with chains and brought him to the king of Babylon. Have you seen in verse 8? He was trapped in their pit. They brought him in nets that his voice should no longer be heard on the mountains of Israel. This is a picture of princes we are raising to go take the mountains, Pastor. We have suddenly the revelation of the seven mountains had gotten to the church. But we are now using market principles to run the church. Instead of running the market with godly principles. So our people who should be young lions that will be going out to do exploits and bring resources are trapped in the pit of Egypt. They are trapped in the pit of Babylon. This is the reason there is lack. You groom them. You train them. You release them. I've seen it happen. And all of a sudden, they forgot the reason for all the prey they have been getting. They gather more toys until they leave church and join clubs. And then they are celebrated on the pages of New York Times. Somebody said ovation. <laughs> they are everywhere. But they are trapped in the pit in Babylon. They are trapped in the pit in Egypt because they did not learn what Daniel had to maintain contact without contamination. This is the reason for the lack. We want to position people on the mountains. It belongs to us. You have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Go possess the mountain of the Amorites. But then you got there and you became an Amorite. And see how God swore. More or less like an oath. See. In verse 10. Your mother was like a vine in your bloodline. Planted by the waters, fruitful and full of branches because of many waters. She had strong branches for scepters of rulers. She towered in stature above the thick branches and was seen in her height amid the dense foliage. But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground. The east wind dried her fruit. Her strong branches were broken and withered. The fire consumed them. And now she's planted where? In the wilderness, in a dry and thirsty land, fires come out from a rod of her branches and devour her fruit so that she has no strong branch except her for ruling. This is a lamentation and has become a lamentation. What then happens to the mother who is producing this? Because there is lack now, it dwells in a dry place. If care is not taken, your lack will affect us infect us and will become victims of environmental pollution. In the process of wanting to get involved to help, to ensure that you do it right, if care is not taken, we do not separate ourselves, the rebellious will dwell in dry places. Do you understand me? This young lion, this old lion, they are not beasts of the jungle, they are in the church. They are trained, they are released, but they are no longer bringing prey because they are trapped in the pit. Now let me draw this point home and I close. There is no 
other clear example in the Bible beyond King Saul and his son Jonathan. Saul, the old lion. Jonathan, the young lion. They were not princes before they became king. God Almighty raised Saul up. But Saul forgot who was in charge. God said, destroy. He said, I'm sparing some. Every time he was given an instruction, he violated it. Eventually, even his son, that was a bit much more sensitive than the father, perished with him. Remember, pastor, he went to the wilderness of Zeb. He said, I know you will be king after my father. And I will be next to you. But he went back to his father. And he died with his father. When David was singing the song of lamentation, he said, Saul and Jonathan, you are like lions. Second Samuel chapter 1. Second Samuel, chapter number one. It's a long song from verse 17. Then David lamented with his lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. And he told them to teach the children of Judah the song of the bow. Indeed, it is written in the book of Joshua. The beauty of Israel is slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in God, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Let the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, let the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Verse 23, Saul and Jonathan. Verse 23, please, thank you. Saul and Jonathan were beloved and pleasant in their lives. And they are dead. in their death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. But they died and left lack for subsequent generation. When you don't understand the purpose of which God has raised you, you end up like Saul. You end up like Jonathan, even in the presence of clear revelation of where God is and what God is doing. What is the difference between David and Saul? Perception of power. Perception of riches. Perception of wealth. The Bible says, in 1 Chronicles 14-2, David perceived that God has exalted his kingdom on high for the benefit of his people, Israel. Saul thought it was all about him. Do you understand me? When, Saul, when David saw what God had done for him, that Hiram, the king of Tyre, built him a house. Oh, I think you need to give me 1 Chronicles 14, 1 and 2. I think you need to. I think you need to because if you will not see the connection, the difference between this old and young lion that perished and David who become the, the, who become the great, great, great ancestor of Jesus, who himself will be the root of David. And the lion, the tribe, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Second Samuel, I mean First Chronicles 14, 1 and 2. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees with masons and carpenters to do what? 
to build him a house. Do you know where he has been living before this time? In the cave, in the den, in the wilderness. And now he's king of nations that are sending specialists to build him a house. When David moved into the house, he looked around. The first thing he remembered was God. The next thing he remembered was the purpose for which he was become king. He perceived, verse 2, so David knew, KJV said, perceived that the Lord had established him as king over Israel for his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people, Israel. Do you know what David did next? Second Samuel chapter 7. What did David do next? First Chronicles 14, he perceived that the reason this king had built him a house is because God has exalted his kingdom and then he said, wait a minute, I'm living in the house of Cedar. 2 Samuel 7. And David, no, 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 2 Samuel 7. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house. And the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. Listen to David. That the king said unto Nathan the prophet, see, now I dwell in a house of Cedar. But the ark of God dwell within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in thy hand, for the Lord is with thee. He said, I will build God a house. That's how he started. He just saw what God has done. He said, wait a minute. If they can do this for me, my God deserves more. Do you understand this? This is a man who will not abuse power. He knew the purpose of which God has exalted him is because of his people. And as he was dwelling in the house, he said, I don't think it's fair for the ark of the covenant of God of Israel to dwell in between curtains. I will build God a house. Nathan said, go do all that is in your heart. And God said to Nathan that night, he said, go to David. I will build him a house. The way he responds to me is the way I will respond to him. I will build him a dynasty that there will always be the throne of David and the son of David before me forever. And if you're looking for who that is, it's Jesus. I dialogued with Pastor when he said, you must come for this meeting. I said, what's happening? I want to lay bare before you. When he shared with me the things that he had been going through and what each other was doing, I said, okay. I had to call my friend in Israel to push the date because we are going to go to Israel and we are going on Tuesday now, Mrs. B and I. Uh, do you understand me? Uh, all the hotels have been booked completely because of Passover. I'm not going for Passover. Uh-huh. I like to be truthful. I'm going there because those who are doing the acoustics of our building are from Israel. I'm going to meet with them, dialogue with them, and rest for seven days in the midst of their own Passover. Do you understand me? Because I know our lamb had already been slain. We had to shift things around. And when I press, I woke up this morning, Lord, where exactly is the work from family at this time? You want me to show you what he showed me? Yeah. Are you ready? Come with me to the book of a guy. That's where you are as a church. That's where you are right now. A guy, chapter 1, verse number 3. Hello. A 
Are you tired? You can't afford to be tired if I'm not tired. I'm blowing my nose for your sake. If, you are, if I see you sleep. The spirit of a warrior will come upon me. <laughs> Shake that sleep of you. Wake up! <laughs> All right. A guy, chapter 1, verse 3. This is where you are as a church. Then the word of the Lord came by a guy, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panic houses and this temple to lie in ruins? See, David. David was dwelling in his house. What did he say? How can I be dwelling in a panic house and the ark of the covenant of the God of Israel is dwelling between curtains? I will build God a house. Now the question a guy is asking, give me verse 3 again. Thank you. A guy one three. Then the word of the Lord came by a guy, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panic houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, do what? I can't hear you. Who is that? The wolf and family. Consider your ways. You want to see why there is lack in our midst? Let's read further. You have sown much. I'm bringing. Oh, I thought you said you will increase more and more. You have sown much. I'm bringing. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he won't earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Uh, am I lying? Now tell me you are wrong. Then I will stop. Tell me that you have not been working so hard, but having little to show for it. Tell me that you have not even burned the midnight oil and the candle from both sides. But that's very insignificant proof. Put it in the bag with holes. Why? You save, save, save. Then something hit. Bam! Your car knocks off. You have to have a bam accident. Bam fire. Bam this trouble. Bam that trouble. What do you, inland revenue, what do you call him? The IRS comes and says your tax is not accurate. And you sh- Everything goes upside down. Say, God, I'm your servant. I'm your child. Why am I going through this? God says the Lord of hosts, do what? Because it's not me, oh, it's you. Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring good and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Let's read further. <laughs> you look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I do what? So if it's not the devourer, if it's not Satan, it's blowing away, how can you bind God? You blow, I blow it, you bring it home, I say, at last, darling, I got some. <laughs> I blow it away. Why, says a lot of us, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. 
when I look at the list of repairs that needs to be done here, if it's your house, you will not neglect it. This door, that door, this AC, that place, you will not leave your house that way. And God said, okay, since you have neglected my own house, you bring it in, Consider your ways. Verse 10 and 11. Therefore the heavens above, you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. The heaven above you withhold its dew. The earth withholds its fruit. So what's going to happen? For I call for a drought on the land and on the mountains and on the grain and the new wine and the oil and whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. Verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shelty, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of a God, the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the, Lord, and the people feared the presence of the Lord. Before you know it, their spirits were stirred up, and they knew what was causing their lack, why their young lions are in the pit in Babylon. And while their old lions are already stuck in another pit, and while they're dwelling, struggling, and getting so little, so they considered their ways and responded to the call of God. And now in chapter 2, my last scripture for this afternoon, in chapter 2, verse number 15. Chapter 2, verse number 15. I'll read up to verse number 19, and I'll pray. And I'll throw a challenge out there and I'll wait for you tomorrow morning. You're going to consider your ways, folks. This is the best time for children of God to rise. Anytime farming comes, it's a time for them to laugh. It's a time for them to be satisfied because they consider their ways. And now carefully, just, just con don't consider, carefully consider from this day forward, from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. Verse 16, since those days when one came to a heap of 20 efforts, there were about 10. Devaluation. <laughs> you put $20,000 in, but his worth is now $10,000. Uh, like they are crying in Naira, in Nigeria now about Naira. This Naira is falling. What's my own business? You don't get it? You can devalue Naira. It can become one to one thousand, one dollar to one thousand. It doesn't bother me. At all. It's the finest moment of church history. When there's bread nowhere, there must be bread in Goshen. Joseph is now asking God to give him his daily bread. He owns the bakery. Because wow. <laughs> he has paid his dues. 
Since those days, one came to a heap of 20 ephors, there were about 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw out 50 birds from the press, there were about 20. You thought you had 50 there, but suddenly it's been devalued to 20. Please let me go on, sir. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of your hands. Yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. Verse 18. Consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the lost temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? Uh, we have very little, sir. Is the steel still in the barn? As yet, divine, the fig tree, the program in it, the olive tree, I'm not yielded fruit, but from this day I will bless you. I'm not, I'm not limited to those things. I'm not limited to your bank account. I'm not limited to what you are looking at. I can open a new, a, a, a new, a new, an entire new thing over you. Now, what you are looking for begins to look for you. But you need to consider your ways. When I look at the list of the things that are needed, I shook my head. Is this woven? Is it because Almighty God wants to give you a rude wake-up call before it gets worse? Consider your ways and prioritize God's house and whatever is needed in the house and let your business be tied to that completely so that your business becomes a platform for Jesus to be seen and be heard. And the reason you are working is to advance his kingdom on the face of the earth. Do you understand me? That you rise up in the morning and say, how much is that bill? Can I tell you? $300,000. Somebody tell me chicken fee. I can hear you. I'm not, that's not, I said chicken fee. So we need $300,000. What happened? What happened? Is this the family I belong? Is this the family that protected my family? What's wrong? Consider your ways. I don't need to emphasize anything. All is bowed. All eyes closed. I stood here for more than two hours to lay it bare before you, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. God wants you to increase more and more. I didn't come to work for and to raise money. I came to raise people. Every time there's a need in the house of God and you're just mindful of your own, it will blow over what you earn. It's made plain and clear to you. This day in the name of Jesus, we reverse the trend. We stop the enemy dead in his tracks. We ask for the mercy of God. I want you to pray. I want you yourself to pray and say, Lord, I just don't want to be a bench woman, someone who comes to church, and I'm not adding my own significant value to this house. Each joint must supply. Each part must do its share. I stand here today, and I'm here today, God, by your mercy. I want to become a kingdom financial pillar, a force to reckon with. 
because I'm going to be a son of consolation, a daughter of encouragement. I'm going to bring resources to you, Father, in such a way that you yourself will be able to say to the devil, I have one man in warfare, I have one woman in warfare who will do my will and my bidding. I thank you, my Father, my God, that this your house will not lie in disrepair, in ruin, while we run to our own houses. Touch the hearts of your people for their own sake. For their own sake. For their own sake today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Several years ago in 1984, at a meeting like this, the pastor was not preaching. His name is Enoch Adejari Adeboye. We're going to have a convention. And for three weeks, he kept announcing that we needed money for the convention. You know how much he was announcing for? 100,000 naira. For three weeks, Pastor, we couldn't gather it. Dust everywhere. And I got angry in my spirit. And I wrote a letter to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I'm grieved in my spirit that for this money, you have been standing there for three Sundays nonstop asking God to give us this money and asking people to give. I throw a challenge to God to bless me. You will never make that announcement anymore. It was in the month of August. The convention came and went and we still had no money. But in September, my appointment was terminated. And I took my letter of termination to my pastor. Said, sir, my appointment has just been terminated today. I was to be given a car loan today, but they terminated my appointment. And he read it, and he laughed. He said, were well, you not the one who wrote a letter to me? I said, yes. He said, that's God's reply. I didn't understand him. I said, how can that be God's reply? How can God terminate my appointment when I said I want to serve him? I want to give to him. He said, how much is your salary per annum? I said, 8,400 naira. How much do we need? Is that 100,000 naira? How many years will you work for? <laughs> Before you get 100,000. It was then my eyes opened. He said, why don't you start your own business? I said, aha. Uh -huh. Now I know you don't know what is happening on earth. Maybe God himself does not know. I'm a young lawyer and you must serve five years somewhere before you start your own because of private practice decree. And in 1984, I was only four years at the bar, not yet five. So I can't start my own. He said, well, God understands why they terminated your appointment then. And I went to him to pray and see what? God said, start your own chambers. Now, it was not Pastor Adeboye. I had myself. I said, Lord, I can't start because of this decree. And heaven did not respond to me. October 1, here comes Major General Muritala, no, 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 Major General, not IBB, Major General Muhammad Buhari, October 1, 1984, fellow countrymen and women, private practice decree abrogated. The very day God asked me to start, do you understand me? Heaven knows that for years I will carry my check back and send to that house, even long after I left. Because of what God said to me. Regardless of what is happening there. Because this is the point that I said to God, I challenge you. I'm asking you today, 
who is going to cross the line and say, Lord, bless me and see. Deal with me in such a way that I can become a kingdom financial pillar. I'm always throwing a challenge like this because I know my God. Do you understand me? I didn't come here to say, give me a dime. I'm not looking for yours. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you being raised by God to become such a force to reckon with on the earth that the system of the world will not affect you in any way. Do you understand me? Bow down your heads a second time. This is between you and God now. Ask God to enable you to grant you grace to be able to meet the needs in the house of God like never before. Not only here, as many other places as God will point you to because we are part of a large family. He can instruct you like he has done to me to go far away into places and go give even when I needed myself at that time. Ask God to use you to be relevant at home and relevant abroad and never to reach the point of diminishing returns in your life, in your finances, in your home, in your ministry, ever again in the name of Jesus Christ. Ever again. Now before they say there is a need, you will rise and say there is, here is a seed towards it. Ask God to do that in your life. That there will be no lack in God's house because he has his people as channels of blessing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Now here is a final deal. Are you ready? You are going home today and asking God, I've heard there's a need, $300,000. What is my portion of that? You ask God yourself. Now don't make pledges like a fool. That will say and will not do. Don't. It's according to what a man has and not what he has not. Begin from what you have and see what God would do with the rest. Make a quality decision and say, Lord, like David sat in that planet house, I'm sitting in my house. I will not allow my house to lie in ruins. Your house must not lie in ruins. This is my first commitment towards this and I give it to your hands. As you prosper me, I will continue to increase in my giving towards you. Do you understand me? Let it be between you and God and see what will happen. See what God will do. Your life will never be the same again. Remember, you have studied for something else and now God is laying a demand on your Isaac. Because it's not yours, it's his. And if you let go, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Did I waste your time this afternoon? Are you learning doctrine? Are you getting understanding? You think you have learned something? Wait for tomorrow morning. I look forward to seeing you there. When you come in the morning, I'll first challenge those of you who are here to give what you have covenanted between you and God. And then I'll preach. And then I will encourage the rest of the people to partake. Because God will leave no one of you behind. The best days of your life are ahead of you. The words you have heard today will not stand against you in judgment. They will push you into your destiny and prepare you into your God-given assignments. It is well with your spirit.
it is well with your soul it is well with your body and your finances you will never lack any good thing in jesus mighty name amen i love you <laughs>